Dr. Tim Jordan here with a new episode of Raising Daughters, and I come to you today disheartened because of what's going on across the world in Ukraine. And it it bothers me especially because I've been noticing pictures on the news of kids and families and train loads of kids and families leaving and trying to go to Poland and other places. It just breaks my heart. So I thought I would do this podcast today to give you some thoughts and some ideas and some stories to help us maybe look at this war in a different way. And also about what we can do to perhaps shift out of this aggressive mindset. Let me start with a story. The story involves a prisoner of war from India who was being transported from his homeland out into the frontier. The police stopped and allowed him to take one last look across the border at his country. As he gazed at the countryside, he thought of how beautiful his country was with the trees and the, the hills and his little small villages. And he became very nostalgic and emotional. And he got tearful as he said, this is my land. This is my native land. As he was staring out onto the onto his land a moment later, one of the guards came up and said, uh, we've made a mistake here. We need to move up another 10 miles to get across the border. What was that man reacting to? He was reacting to the word, India, a concept, his country. And the truth is, there are no real boundaries or countries. You look at a map, you see all those lines. Those are just abstract things. It's not real. It's like when I look out in my, at my backyard, I have three and a half acres of woods back there. They're not really mine. But I think those kinds of concepts have been made up by human beings to divide humans into stupid categories. And yet we're willing to go to war to honor those kinds of concepts. And that really bothers me. So let's talk about this a little bit. I believe, my friends, that we've been brainwashed. We've been conditioned to hate other people that we judge as being different than ourselves. And that conditioning is strong and it starts when little kids. I heard a wonderful story one time about a man who was in Africa. And he was walking with a guide. And they saw a, a long line of elephants walking on the road. And they were walking in perfect file. And there was a little thin chain wrapped around each of their uh, forefoot, their right forefoot. And it attached to the one behind them and behind them. And, and they just kept walking in line. And the man said to his guide... I can't believe those elephants don't just break away. That, that chain can't hold them at all. And the guide said, well, what happened is when they were little tiny elephants, we put that chain on their right forearm. And so back then they couldn't break it. And they've always had that chain on. So they were conditioned to believe that it would hold them. And now even as huge adults who could break away easily, that conditioning keeps them from doing that because of their belief system. I believe we have been conditioned, especially in this country, to use aggression to solve our problems. We get angry and frustrated at each other at little things, and we go right to fighting, aggression, war. I heard a nice story, not a nice story, but an interesting story a while back about these two rival shopkeepers. And they had shops that were across the street from each other, and they were selling similar goods and they were in competition with each other. And it was getting really hostile. And up in heaven, God saw all this going on. So he decided to go down and see what he could do. So he, he took aside one of the shopkeepers. And he said, look, I don't like this hostility. I don't like this little competitive war you have going on. So here's what I want to do about it. I'm willing to give you whatever you want. But just know that whatever I give you, I will give double 
to your rival across the street. So if I give you, if you ask for a million dollars, I will give you a million dollars. But your, your neighbor across the street, I'll give him two million dollars. No matter what I give to you, I, do, I will double what you give to him. So what would you like for me to give you? And the shopkeeper thought for a moment and looked up. He said, strike me blind in one eye. That is, I think, what our conditioning has done to us. It's caused us to, it's caused us to be overly aggressive. There's an old expression that says an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. And I believe that. I hate labels. I think labels are divisive. They're limiting, constricting. I think we've been taught and conditioned to try and put people in little boxes when in actuality we're all a lot more complicated than that. But labels like being conservative or liberal, Democrat or Republican, whether you're a communist or not, black, white, racist, uh, whether you're Christian or not Christian, if you're Russian versus Ukrainian, I think it becomes really problematic when we see people through the lens of these labels because it causes us to treat people differently and to see people differently and behave towards people differently. There's a wonderful story about this farmer one day. He was outside tending his garden and a traveler walked by and he stopped and he said, uh, Sir, can you please tell me what kind of folks live in this next town? And the farmer replied, What kind of folks live here? Oh, he said, What kind of folks were in the town that you just left? And the man said, oh, they were horrible, horrible, horrible people. They were dishonest and selfish and rude, all kinds of drama. Uh, that's why I left. Looking up, the farmer shook his head. He said, well, I'm sorry to say that's probably what you're going to find here in this town, too. The fellow kind of moaned and he walked on. Later that same day, another man, another traveler walked down the same road. And when he saw the farmer, he also stopped and he called out, sir, what kind of people live in this town? And the farmer asked again, what kind of people live in the town you just left? And the traveler said, oh, they were thoughtful, wonderful, kind, friendly people. I hate to leave that, that place. The farmer put down his hoe, extended his hand, smiled and said, I'm very pleased to say that's just about what you'll find here with the folks here too. The traveler returned the smile, shook the farmer's hand and headed towards his new home. That's what our conditioning does. That's what our thoughts do. If we see people through the eyes of negativity and differences, we're going to treat people differently. So we've got to start doing things different, and especially because of our children. One of the reasons this, I was moved to do this podcast is because I saw a video the other day of this little Ukrainian girl singing at the Disney song, Let It Go, as she was sitting in a, a Kiev bomb shelter. And there's all kinds of people huddled around looking very bedraggled. And she sang she, the whole song and she smiled and she was belting it out there. When she was done, she got a huge ovation. That little girl is a hero. She's a heroine. Too often, I think, we describe heroes as being people who are first responders and soldiers and professional athletes. But in reality, there are people like that little girl who are heroes because they are doing things differently. I love the Peanuts comic strip. Always have. When I was a kid in grade school, I started collecting the books. I've got like a hundred something, you know, Peanuts books. I've read biographies about Charles Schultz. I just love Peanuts. And one of my very favorite Peanuts comic strips was from September 27th, 1959, believe it or not. And it shows Linus walking up, sees Charlie Brown. And he says, hey, Charlie Brown, look at my new shoes. 
And Charlie Brown notices that, the, that Linus's shoes are squeaking. And he, he tells Linus that he has heard that your shoes will always squeak until they're paid for. Well, Linus says, I can't believe that just because my parents haven't paid the bill that I have to walk around in squeaky shoes. And then he sighs and he puts his hands um, on, his, uh, on this little wall and he's his head kind of sitting on it. And he says, it's always the children who suffer for the sins of the mother and the father. And that's what I was thinking of as I saw those kids in Ukraine. It's always the kids who suffer for the sins of the mother and the father. So what can we do? How can we start seeing things differently? How can we kind of transcend our, our um, conditioning, if you will? I read some research about this experiment where a marine biologist put a shark in a large holding tank and then he released some little small uh, bait fish. The shark very quickly swam around at the tank until he'd eaten all of them. Then, then, uh, the uh, research scientists inserted a very strong, clear fiberglass, a piece of fiberglass into the tank with a shark on one side and little fish on the other. And for a while, the shark kept slamming into this divider over and over and over until he finally gave up. And over the fo following weeks, the shark made fewer and fewer attempts to attack the little fish across the way until he stopped doing it altogether. The biologist then removed the barrier and the shark still did not attack the little fish because it believed the barrier still was present between it and the fish. And those little fish swam around freely and free from harm. I think if we can let go of some of our conditioning, we may start to see things differently. We may start to behave differently. I believe that. Um, and I think all of us have to start becoming more aware of what are our belief systems, what are the things we've absorbed growing up that might get in the way of us being peaceful and calm and being together and connected. I do an exercise with, with kids at our camp sometimes where I'll have them uh, close their eyes and I tell them, when I say open your eyes, I want you to look around the room and I want you to memorize everything you see that is the color blue. And I say, ready, set, go. They open their eyes, I say, memorize everything blue, and I count down from 10, and at the end I say, close your eyes, and I say, tell me everything you saw that is the color green. And I say, don't, don't cheat. And I hear all these moans, oh, you tricked us, blah, 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 and they can't really think of stuff or they start to guess. So I have them open their eyes, and I tell them that the moral of the story, or the moral of the exercise is, what you focus on is really important. If you only focus on blue, you'll miss out on all the other colors of the rainbow. If you focus on our differences, that's what you'll notice and you'll, you'll lose uh, touch with the things that we all have in common. Another exercise I do with, with kids at our camps and also in our Strong Girls, Strong World school program. So I have them pair off with somebody that they don't know very well. Somebody that may, they may be in class with, but they just aren't really good friends. And oftentimes it's because they've judged each other as being different. Like the sporty kid thinks, well, they're not into sports and I am, so we probably wouldn't be good friends. So I say, sit with that person. And then we give them like five or 10 minutes to try and discover all the things that they do have in common. So they'll go through ideas like what is our favorite foods? What, where have we traveled? What are our experiences in life? What are our hobbies? What's our favorite movie? What do we like to read? What's, what's uh, similar in our families? And then after about five or 10 minutes, all the pairs come together. We have each pair describe to the group what they found that they had in common. And every pair 
that I've ever done this with, and I've been doing this for 30 years, every, every pair comes up with at least five to 10 things they have in common. And, and then the people in the class also hear what they, what they have in common with those two people. And so they start to understand, wow, even though we make superficial judgments sometimes, that does create some barriers. In actuality, we all do have a lot of things in common that we could connect on. So all of us can do that. Instead of focusing on blue, i.e. differences, we can start focusing on what we do have in common. We also can focus on acts of kindness. Let me tell you a story about something that happened in the winter of 1944 in Moscow. Around 20,000 German prisoners of war were being marched through the Red Square. And the crowd was made up mostly of women who were hardened from so much suffering. They were very angry after years of the fierce battle. Most of these women had lost loved ones in the war. The officers uh, marched in first. They appeared very arrogant and superior as they passed by. But then the ordinary soldiers came next, and they were a different picture. They were bandaged up, thin, emaciated, weary-looking. They looked starved and humiliated. And a silence fell over the crowd in Red Square. The people who had suffered so much at the hands of this enemy now looked into the faces of thousands of their fellow human beings who were teetering on the edge of desperation. And then one of the women broke through the police barrier holding a piece of black bread from her kitchen. And this was bread she could ill afford to give away. And before anyone could stop her, she placed the bread in the hands of a young German prisoner. Other people saw her do that. They saw her gesture and they recognized the humans behind the uniforms. And more people broke through the police line to give bread that they could. And a scene of triumphant scorn and bitterness had been turned into one of compassion, forgiveness, and unconditional love. These soldiers were no longer enemies. They were other human beings. And it was a moment of grace. What a beautiful story. A beautiful story of compassion, seeing each other from with different eyes, being able to get into the shoes of other people and see things maybe from their point of view and noticing our commonalities. Because when we don't do that, we start to treat people differently. Bad things happen. I heard another story a long time ago from, from a book by Anthony DeMello. And this is a story of a, a monastery uh, that was in the mountains. And this monastery had been filled with young uh, aspirants. It, is, it was full of joy. People were coming from all over to come and, and study and be with these people. But then for some reason, hard times had come and people stopped flocking there to nourish their spirits. The abbot, who was the head of this monastery, he decided to, to climb up to the top of this mountain to consult with the guru. And when he got there, he asked the guru why they had lost their spirit. And the guru said, it's from a sin of ignorance. One of your number is the Messiah in disguise, and you are ignorant to this. And with that, the guru closed his eyes in meditation, and he spoke no more. Well, during his hike back to the, uh, to the monastery, this abbot couldn't believe he had failed to recognize the Messiah amongst them. And he kept thinking of different people that it could be. And when he got back home, he assembled all the monks, and he told them what the guru had told him. And they also started looking at each other differently, in disbelief. Well, who could it be? Maybe it's Brother Joe, or maybe it's Brother Pedro. And so they all began to treat each other with more love and respect and kindness. Because, as they thought, you never know. 
Maybe this is the one. Very quickly, the energy and spirit returned to the monastery, and once again, people came from all over to spend their time there. What if we started to treat all of our people? What if we started treating everyone with the dignity and the kindness and compassion that they deserve? Just think of what change would uh, would happen in the world if all of us did that. Um, another quick story about how we treat each other. This involved a woodsman who one day walked into a forest and he asked the trees to provide him with a handle for his axe. The trees all huddled up and after a brief consultation, they offered the youngest, weakest tree they had, a very young ash tree. Well, immediately after the woodsman chopped it down and had carved an axe, he started to cut down some of the noblest giants of the forest. An old oak tree, watching the destruction of his friends, spoke very sadly. We thought providing the woodsman our little brother the ash would satisfy him. Instead, our failure to protect the weak has contributed to our destruction. That's what happens in the world, too, when we, when we don't take care of each other, when we don't take care of the people who have needs, when we don't take care of our children. So, we've got, we've got some work to, uh, to do. We have some work to do to start changing our attitudes. We have some work to do to start becoming aware of our conditioning and to transcend it. Let me leave you with some words from Mr. Rogers and also a concept from Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Mr. Rogers' quotes go like this. And this, is a, this first one here is a very famous one. He said, when I was a boy and I would see scary things in the news, my mom would always say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. Just like that little girl in the bomb shelter singing, let it go. Mr. Rogers also said, we all have different gifts. So we all have different ways of saying, to the, saying it to the world who we are. Let me say that again. We all have different gifts. So we all have different ways of saying to the world who we are. All of us at, at some time or other have needed help. Whether we're giving or receiving help, each one of us has something valuable to bring to this world. That's one of the things that connects us as neighbors. In our own way, each of us is a giver and a receiver. We live in a world in which we need to share responsibility. It's easy to say, it's not my child, it's not my community, it's not my world, it's, it's Russia and Ukraine, it's not my problem. But then there are those who see the need and they respond. And Mr. Rogers said, I consider those people my heroes. So maybe you can start thinking, you and your kids, about what can I do to make a difference? It could be something that's very personal, like shifting your mindset, shifting out of your old conditioning and start seeing people in a different way, trying to put yourself in the shoes of other people. All of that can be helpful and also be aware of what you're focusing on. Mr. Rogers says he focuses on looking for the helpers. He's looking for people who are helping because that gives him a different peace of mind than looking at the people who are angry and at war. Finally, a concept, an, an African concept called Ubuntu, U-B-U-N-T-U, that I, that I read about from Archbishop Desmond Tutu. And he said that peace can be found in the African concept of Ubuntu. Ubuntu is a concept that we have in our Bantu languages at home. It's the essence of being a person. It means that we are people through other people. We cannot be fully human alone. We are made for interdependence. 
We are made for family. When you have Ubuntu, you embrace others. You're generous and compassionate. And Desmond Tutu also said that if the world had more Ubuntu, there would be no war. The powerful would help the weak, and that is where peace is to be found. This is a good podcast perhaps to listen to with your kids. Hear the stories. Maybe it'll raise some discussion about things about conditioning, about mindset, about looking at other people in a different way, dropping labels, getting in the shoes of other people and seeing the world from their point of view, and being kind and compassionate to everybody and seeing everyone as equal as opposed to different. Thanks so much for stopping by. I always say that, but I I believe that fully. I'm so grateful that you all listen to these podcasts and that you pass them on to your friends. Um, For information about my summer camps that are they're going to be not too long in the in the distant future. They're coming up in a few months. Just check out our website, www.drtimjordan.com. There's also information about our online parenting courses, my six books I've I've written, all that stuff is on there. I will be back here in a week with another podcast. Um, uh, look for the helpers. Focus on all the colors of the rainbow, not just blue and find some ways to to be helpful. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.